Hey guys, good to see you all, good to be with you all again. My name's Dan, if we haven't met, I'm one of the dudes who hangs out here every Friday night, and so um, if when you keep coming back, you'll get to know me and I'll get to know you, uh, and um, I'm heaps stoked to see you guys. Do you know that like one of the best parts of my entire week is coming to hang out with you guys and see you? It's awesome. So I'm stoked you're here. Um, and I'm going to pray, which is just talking to God, and so I'm going to do that, and then we're going to dive into this part of the Bible. So... Let's pray. I reckon closing your eyes is helpful um, because it helps you to not be distracted uh, as we speak to God. So you might like to do that. Let's pray. Father God, thanks so much that you are a God who has spoken to us. Thank you for your word, for the Bible. And Father, thank you for these words that we're about to hear. We pray that you'd please help us to understand them. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus, that he came, that he, he taught and ultimately that he died and rose again so that we could be right with you again. We pray as we look at this passage, it help us to concentrate and understand what you want us to get out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alrighty, well, um, some things just aren't nice to talk about. I wonder if you've ever realized that. Like getting pus on your fingers after you've popped your pimple in front of the mirror. That's just not nice, is it? And so it's not nice to talk about. Or picking your nose. Now, I reckon if, it was just, if we're just being like honest with each other, I reckon heaps of you guys probably pick your nose. But if someone said, do you pick your nose? You're not going to say you do, are you? It's just awkward and it's not kind of nice to talk about. Or, you know, that, you know those times, you guys know these times, when you're hanging around with a group of people like your friends at school, and then all of a sudden, you just smell this really bad smell. <laughs> and you know that it was you. And all your friends are like, oh, oh, who did that? Oh, did. And you're going, oh, yeah, who did that? That was heaps bad. It wasn't me. <laughs> but it was you. <laughs> all right? There are some things that just aren't nice to talk about. Because those things are awkward and gross, and icky, and we don't like to talk about them. Those things are kind of embarrassing. There's other things that we don't like to talk about because they're unpleasant. They're not so much gross, but they're unpleasant. So death and dying, we, we don't like to talk about people dying because it's sad, and death sucks. And so that's one of the things we don't like to talk about as well. Hell is another one of those topics that we don't really like to talk about because it's it's unpleasant. And I reckon it's probably the most unpleasant thing. And, and so we don't like to talk about hell much. And I don't know about you, but growing up, I didn't believe in hell at all. I didn't think hell was real. Because the idea of it was just so hectic. And I just didn't want to even think about it at all. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're someone who, who doesn't believe in hell. But in our passage that we just had read for us by Yolani, in our passage tonight, we see that um, Jesus, he believed in hell. And he thought it was real and that it was an important thing to talk about. Even though it's not a nice thing, he knew, Jesus knew it was an important thing to talk about. It's not nice, but it's important. Just like if there was a shark coming for you at the beach... It's not a very nice thing to have to tell you. Um, just so you know, you're about to be eaten by a shark and die. It's not very nice to have to tell someone like that. But if it's true, it's really important. You guys get that, right? Hands up. If a shark's about to eat you, hands up if you don't want someone to tell you. Yeah, no one. And if you put your hand up, you're silly. 
all right? You're going to get eaten by it. No, you probably won't. But it's not nice to talk about it, but it's important to talk about it. And so tonight we're going to, in the Bibles, look at what Jesus had to say about hell because it just happens to be the next part in the book of Luke that we're up to. And so that's what we're going to look at. And in the passage, Jesus, the, Jesus tells this story, right? And he tells a story about um, two different dudes. Well, there's, there's a couple of guys, but there's two main dudes. There's a rich guy, Richie Rich, and we don't know his name. And there's another guy, Lazarus. And in the story, the rich man goes to hell and Lazarus goes to heaven. It's a full-on passage. It's really full-on. And I want us to see two really big things tonight. I want us to see, number one, why people go to hell. Why people go to hell. And two, how we can avoid going to hell. And so first of all, the first big thing, why do people go to hell? Well, how you live can send you to hell. How you live can send you to hell. Let's have a look at our passage and we'll have a look at why the rich man goes to hell. Have a look, if you've got your Bible there, have a look at verse 19. There was a rich man who lived in purple and who dressed in, fi- in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Now you got the picture. There's two dudes. There's one guy, a rich man, and he's heaps rich. He's heaps rich. He lives in luxury every day, so he, he's, he's not cold. He's in a madhouse, and he dresses in fine linen and purple. So, you know, purple is like what the richest, richest people wore. So he, he's dressing well. He's living in luxury. He eats well every day. And then there's Lazarus, who's like the complete opposite of this dude. And he, he's outside this guy's house, and he's like at the gate, and they, he gets called a beggar, which means he just had nothing. He had to just rely on other people giving him stuff, and he's covered in sores, and he's hating it. So that's what's going on so far. And then the next thing Jesus says is they both die. And one of them goes over here and one of them goes over here. So let's have a look at that. Verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Now Abraham, he's like, dude from the Bible, we know that Abraham is in heaven. So that's another way of saying Lazarus went to heaven. Keep going, 22. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, which means hell, so in hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So Lazarus goes to heaven, right? And the rich man goes to hell. But why? Why does the rich man go to hell? Well, it's kind of weird, but it's, it's because of how he used his money. How he lived. How he lived with the things he had. See, he was rich. He was a rich guy. And he didn't help Lazarus, who was out at his gate, who was like begging and poor and didn't have anything. He lived in luxury and was clothed well and had heaps of cash. Yet old mate Laz, he's out there dying of starvation and the rich man didn't even help him. The dogs are coming and licking his sores and the rich man is just doing his thing. He didn't even buy him lunch. And so because of that, because of how he lived, what he did... Because of how he used his money, God sent him to hell. Because he didn't, he wasn't living God's way. See, God says stuff like, love your neighbor, love people, 
God loves generosity and justice and mercy and selflessness, but the rich man was none of that. And he didn't listen to God at all. And he wasn't any of that stuff toward old mate Laz. So God punished him for the way he used his money, for the way he lived. All right. Just everybody, just settle down for a second. All right. I reckon some of you guys are probably thinking, what? God sent this guy to hell because of the way he's used his money. That is not, that can't be right. Well, let's, let's ask this question. Is it wrong for God to send him to hell? Was it wrong of God to do that? To punish the rich man? Well, I'm, I want to ask you guys, is it wrong that people, that guilty people get punished? I don't know yet, but let me put it another way. Is it wrong that murderers go to jail? No. Is it wrong that thieves go to jail? No. Is it wrong, you might disagree with this one, but is it wrong for your parents to say, no dessert, because you didn't listen to them and clean your room? That's, that's not wrong either, that's right, no matter what you think. It's right for guilty people to be punished. Um, when I was in year one, which is a very many years younger than you guys, but when I was in year one, my nan died, and when she died, she gave, lots of mo- she gave some money to my mum, and it, like an inheritance, right? And my mum, she took some of that money, and she did random different stuff. We fixed up the house a bit, we put some in the bank, and then my mum bought me and my sister toys, because when you're in your one, that's what you want. And she bought me a street shark. Now, do you guys remember what street sharks are at all? All right, lead, oh, just leaders, just leaders. Leaders, can you remember what a street shark is? They were the best. They were so cool. Let me convince you of why these things are the coolest toys you've ever seen. They're sharks that have legs and go around like on, on um, rollerblades, sharks on rollerblades and just like punching bad dudes. That's like the best thing you've ever heard about almost. Yes, yeah, be impressed. You guys were deprived because you didn't know street sharks. Anyway, my mum, with this money from my nan, bought me this toy street shark. And I loved it. It was awesome. It was this ugly, hideous-looking street shark dude on rollerblades with boxing gloves. It was awesome. But I took... I, um, I loved it so much, I, I like, took it to school with me. And uh, I was in year one, so don't judge. Um, I took it to school with me. I wrote my name on like the, the chest part of the street shark so that I'd, no one could steal it and I know it was mine, that sort of thing. But guess what happened? Wait, guess. Yeah, someone stole it. A dude in my class stole my street shark. The street shark that my mum had bought using the money that my nan, after dying, had given to us. Hectic. This dude stole my street shark and I saw him playing with it and stuff and I was like, that's my street shark. And so I told my mum, I told my teacher and, we ca- and my teacher came and confronted the kid and um, what he had done, he, he'd scra- scratched my name off, off the street shark's torso bit and written his name. And so it was like, what are the chances of a dude in my class with the same street shark having this bit of his... Um, chest thing scratched off and a new name written there is definitely him and so we ended up getting the street shark back yeah it was sick but it was broken like the hand was broken now and it was all, like it had his name written on it so I scratched it off and so the thing just ended up being just not heaps good and it sucked 
Now, do you reckon it was, it's right for my teacher to punish that dude? Give him a detention or something for stealing my street shark? Yeah, it's right for the guilty to be punished. It's right. If my teacher didn't punish my, that student, that mate, then she would have been a bad teacher. It would have been like, it would have been like her saying, Oh, Dan, I don't care that you lost your street shark. I don't care that he stole it. Who cares? I'd be transferring out of that class. So guys, it's right for the guilty to be punished. And so, is it wrong of God to send the rich man to hell? Well, no. God has to punish the guilty. Otherwise, God wouldn't be good. He'd be like a bad teacher. Or worse, a bad God. So he had to do it. The way that the rich man lived meant that he had to be punished. And guys, here's the really shocking thing. The Bible says that we, all of us in this room, including me, we are all like the rich man. The Bible says that we've all offended God by the way we lived. Now, he, he offended God by being greedy, right? He was heaps rich and he didn't help out. He didn't use his money the way God would. And maybe that's not how you guys have done that because I reckon most of you guys don't have four bucks to your name, yeah? But the way he lived offended God and the way we live offends God as well. The Bible says, and I think it's going to be up on the screens, there is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. We all live without thinking of God, without considering Him, without thanking Him for the things He's done for us. We all live in a way that could send us to hell. That's hectic. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh man, I don't know about that, Dan. I just don't know if that's true. But other you guys might be going, yeah, I get that. I definitely don't think about God. I definitely don't live for Him. And that sucks. And you're right, it does suck. Because we were made to live for Him. You were made to live for Him. But we ignore Him. We do our own thing. We live for ourselves, just like the rich man. Maybe not the whole money side of thing. Maybe it is, but maybe not the money side of thing. Maybe some other way. We all ignore God. And so we, just like the rich man, this is crazy, but we, just like the rich man, also deserve to be punished by God. I know this is full on. It's not nice to talk about, but it's important because it's true. But guys, here is the good news. Are you all ready for this? I said, are you all ready for this? Yeah, yeah. There is a way to escape the punishment that we deserve. There is a way that we can avoid going to hell, even though that's what we should get for the way we've lived. This is the best news you've ever heard. So you should be freaking out a little bit, all right? The Bible, get this. This is the big, the other, one of the big things I want you to remember tonight. The Bible tells us exactly what we need to know. The Bible tells us exactly what we need to know so that we can go to heaven. Now, let's get back into this, right? Into this passage so we can see that in there. The rich man, as we saw just a little while ago, he ends up going to hell, right? And he's hating life. He's in hell in agony and he can't get out because once you're there, there's no getting out. It's like once you're in heaven, you can't get out of heaven. Once you're in hell, you can't get out. That's just how it is. 
And we see that in verse 26. Have a look at it there. Look down in your Bible. Verse 26. This is Abraham talking. He says, Besides all this, between us and you, between heaven and hell, there's a great chasm has been set in place. So those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So he's saying, he's there, he's stuck there. And so the rich man, he's like, oh, I'm stuck here. This is the worst. I'm hating it. But he remembers something. He remembers that he's got a few brothers. And he's hating it in there. But he's like, man, I don't want my brothers to come here. And so he tries to get Abraham to warn his brothers. Have a look at verse 27. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him, Lazarus, warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. He wants his brothers to avoid going to the place where he's gone. And how does Abraham tell him this can happen? Well, Abraham says, yeah, sure, I'll tell you the way to get out of hell. Here's how you do it. You just got to do 17 backflips in a row, landing on your left foot whilst wearing a sombrero. And then you'll be fine. No, it doesn't say that at all. Have a look at verse 20, 29. That's where we find out the actual answer. He says, you can't, you can avoid going to hell. You can. But listen to what the Bible has to say about how you avoid going to hell. Check this out. Verse 29, Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Now, when he says, that sounds a bit weird, but when he says they have Moses and the prophets, that's just a way of talking about some of the old books in the Bible, right? He's talking about different books. And so basically he says, they've got the Bible. Let them listen to it. Guys, the Bible tells you exactly what you need to know to get to heaven. How sick is that? How, how much good news is that? Now, does anyone bake? That dude. Right on. Does anyone like make cakes or cookies? Yeah. I, I, it's pretty fun, hey. It's pretty fun. It's, if you're a dude, it's only fun if you do it like once every eight years. But it's pretty fun. Imagine, imagine if you've got to bake a cake for your mum's 40th, okay? Mum's 40th is coming up and they've just got so much to do. There's all these people to invite and they've got to set up all these decorations and stuff. And so they're like, oh, I don't have any time to make a cake. I know what I'll do. I'll get little Bobby to do it, all right? And so you get put in charge of making the cake. And your parents are like, but remember, this is my 40th. And so this cake better be pretty delicious and pretty awesome. And if it's not, you're going to get punished because like, basically the whole party hangs on how good this cake is. Okay? And so, but the good, thing, the good news is they give you a recipe. And they say, here, just follow this recipe, you'll be fine. And so you try and follow the recipe. You pull it out and you're like, oh, this is heaps easy. First of all, it just looks easy. It's like milk. Duh, milk's in the fridge. I'll get some milk. Grab the milk, bit of milk in there. And then like flour, put one cup of flour in. You're like, sweet, flour, I know what that is. You go pull some flowers out of the garden. You put it in there. And then, then it starts getting tricky. <laughs> then it starts getting really tricky. Or like the next ingredient is like one teaspoon of schmimbelschmogadugadi. You're like, I have no idea what, that's a French ingredient or something? I don't know what that is. And then the next one's like, and three cups of clonk you're like, whoa, this cake just got really hard. I have no idea how to make this cake. I don't have a car. I can't get to the shops to get the ingredients. I am not in a good position right now. And so you mess up the cake bad. First of all, you put flowers into the actual cake. Don't do that. But you mess up the cake bad, right? 
And so your parents are heaps mad. And they're going to punish you. And so you're hating it. But then, this is the best recipe ever. At the bottom of the recipe, it says, it has a little phone number. And it says, call this number to order the cake from the bakery. You're loving it. You, were, you had messed up the cake. You are going to get in trouble. And now, all you have to do is call this number. You call it up. They deliver it. And your parents are like, oh, you are the best. And they are so happy. And they're loving it. And you're all stoked. And they have a heaps mad party. The Bible tells you how to get the cake. The Bible tells you how to get the cake from the bakery. Instead of getting punished. Even though you've stuffed it up. Now, that was confusing. Yeah? Let me try and make it a bit clearer. The Bible says, here's how God wants you to live, but we stuff it. I stuffed it, you've stuffed it, we all stuff it. Okay? We don't follow Him right, we mess it up, we live for ourselves, not Him, and so God's going to punish us for it. But then, this is the great news, the Bible gives us the number to call. It gives us the number to call down the bottom to make everything right. And so we can escape the punishment that we deserve. The, the Bible tells us that even though we deserve hell, we can avoid it. It tells us even though we deserve to be punished, we can escape that punishment. And here, guys, is the message of the Bible. Here's how it's possible for you to avoid hell. 2,000 years ago, God sent His one and only Son into the world. God became a man. And Jesus, on the cross, when he died, he took our punishment in our place. Jesus suffered hell in our place. He was punished by God so that when we, don't die, when we die, we don't have to go to hell. Because Jesus has already suffered it. Even though we deserve to, we don't. Because Jesus went there for us. That's why we sing Jesus is the hope of the world. Because He can rescue us from hell by experiencing hell in our place, by getting punished for us. And if we, if you, would just turn and trust, then you can have Jesus take that punishment for you. You can have the cake turn up, arrived free, without you having done anything, even though you'd messed it up. If you would, if you would just turn, if you would turn from ignoring God and living for yourself, and then if you would trust, trust that Jesus took the punishment in your place, then you can be friends with God free of charge. That's the message of the Bible. That's exactly what you need to know to get to heaven. Guys, that is the best news ever. That is the best news. And I know there are lots of you guys here who are brand new with us, and I'm so stoked that you're here with us. There's lots of people new from last week, and there's bunch of people here brand new for the very first time tonight and that's awesome and if this is the first time you've heard this you just heard the best thing you will ever hear about how good's that i want to urge you guys to turn and to trust in jesus have you done that would you consider doing that would you keep thinking about this stuff and i am so thankful to god that there are so many of you here who have already done that who have already turned and trusted in Jesus. And I'm, and I'm praying, and I reckon you guys should be praying as well, that more and more people would do that. And so if you are someone who is trusting in Jesus, man, be stoked. 
Be stoked about what God has done for you. He rescued you. Even though you didn't deserve it, He did it. And you get to be with God in eternity forever. That is amazing. That is amazing love that God has shown us. So guys, be heaps stoked. But for those of you who haven't yet turned and trusted in Jesus, um, you might be thinking, hmm, the Bible, eh? You're getting all this stuff from the Bible. How can I be sure about what the Bible says? What if God would just, like, if God would just show himself to me, then I'd believe. If God would show up and do a miracle right in front of my eyes, then I would be able to believe in him. Have you ever thought that before? Well, that's what the rich man thought too. He thought if a miracle happened, if someone rose from the dead in front of my brother's eyes, then they'd believe and then they'd escape going to hell. Let's have a look at it in verse 30. Abraham's just told the rich man, "Get your, the, your brothers have got the message of the Bible. And then here's what the rich man says in return. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone, go, someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. He says, If they won't listen to the Bible, then you won't listen even if God does a miracle in front of your eyes. Because he's already done the miracles to prove the message of the Bible. Jesus did heaps of miracles. He came back from the dead. And so if you won't listen to that, then you won't, even, you won't be convinced, even if he did it in front of your eyes. The Bible is trustworthy. And it has everything you need to know to get to heaven. Trust, turn and trust in Jesus. So guys, a couple of things. Have you done that? Have you turned and trusted in Jesus? Maybe it's your first time. This, maybe this is your very first time hearing the message of the Bible. So guys, keep coming back. Keep chatting to your, your leaders who are here to hang out with you guys and talk to you guys about this stuff. Um, come to Fat Camp. We'll be talking about this stuff um, really closely in lots of detail. So that'll be an awesome time. Ask your leader if you can get involved in G-teams, like we heard from the girls. Find out more about Jesus, because he's how you can become friends with God again. And for the Christians here tonight, you know you, know you haven't lived life how you should, yeah? That's why you trust in Jesus, right? That's why you're Christian. Well, I want you to get this. Your actions, and just stay with me for another minute, your actions should show that you really are trusting in Jesus. Your actions should show that you're a Christian. See, the rich man's actions showed that he didn't live for God. He wasn't generous with his money. He was selfish. He didn't care about Lazarus when he was in need. His actions showed he didn't live for God. And so Christians here, do your what do your actions say about you? The way you use your money, does that show you're a Christian? The way you treat other people, welcome others, does that show you're a Christian? The way you listen to the Bible, does that show you're a Christian? The way you use your time, does how you speak to people show you're a Christian? Do your priorities show that you're a Christian? Or, or does sport and friends and nice clothes and looking cool, do those things come before Jesus? Are your priorities like everyone else's? Or do they show that you are, like, that you are a Christian? 
Now, no Christian is perfect. I'm not saying that. That's why we're Christians, yeah? Because we know we're not perfect. We need Jesus to save us. But our actions show how we're going in our trust in Jesus. So let's keep working at it, yeah? And let's thank God that we're forgiven through Jesus, even though we don't deserve it, that he took our punishment 2,000 years ago on the cross. He went through our hell. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that when we turn from living our own way and trust in Jesus, we get to be friends with you again. We get to escape that punishment that we deserve. We get to go to heaven and be in eternity with you forever and have complete joy and be in a right relationship with you again. Thank you that we get to become friends with you again. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that 2,000 years ago, he paid the price that we deserve to pay, that he took our punishment on the cross so that we don't have to. Thank you for that, God. Um, Father, I, I, I pray that for the Christians here, that our actions would show that we are trusting in you. I pray that we would be living your way. We'd be following Jesus as our king because he has saved us. And I pray for the many people here who are just hearing this stuff uh, yeah, for the first time. I pray that you would help them to understand and be asking questions. And I pray that many more people would turn and trust in Jesus so that they would be able to party with us in heaven for eternity as well and be friends with you again. In Jesus' name, amen.